0: We shall, inshallah be presenting simultaneous English translation of the Friday sermon by Amirul Mu'mineen, Hadrat Khalifatul Masih IV, delivered in Guatemala, Central America, on 14th of June, 1991.
1: I am You better make the announcement for those who do not understand Urdu, that uh, because of people in Pakistan, I deliver my sermons in Urdu because they expect this to be done. So I'll do the same now. But a brief translation in Spanish would be made afterwards. So those who are Spanish-speaking people, they should know this. If at all there is anyone here. But they would come, I think. I told the Morabis, I have to announce this to, to them. That none is here, and I'm surprised. <coughs> Two of all right, yes, they, okay. So you better announce, yes, okay. Eh, announce this. As you said, as it's practical, the most of the Ahmadis in Pakistan who is waiting for him to see his sermon in Urdu, he will follow his sermon. And after the sermon he says, Será un pequeño resumen de la iglesia expresada por la gente que habla español. Aşhado Allah'a ilahe la sharika lahu wa ashado anna Muhammadan abduhu أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين. الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الذين ان امطا علیہم غیر المغضوب علیہم ولددالین آج کا یہ خطبہ
0: میں مسجد بیت الاول گواتیمالہ سے Huzur says, I am delivering this sermon today in Batul Abbal Mosque, Guatemala. As the members of the Jamaat know, for some time the series of the sermons on the subject of the prayer of the Holy Quran is continuing. Only the last sermon was an exception, because that sermon was delivered in Trinidad, and in the Jamaat Trinidad no one knows Urdu. Therefore, the Jamaat had wished and said that we have had this opportunity first time in our history that we should hear you in person. Therefore, please make an exception for us and deliver the sermon in English, keeping in view our problems. I respected and did the same. So, this sermon will be in continuation of the subject of the prayers of the Holy Qur'an. And you can regard the last sermon a gap in the series. The prayer which I am now going to read before you is from chapter twenty-seven, An-Namal, verse forty-five. This prayer was said by Queen Sheba, whose name they say was Bilqis. She prayed. <laughs> that, O my Lord, I have wronged my soul, and today I join Hazrat Solomon to believe in his Lord. Before this, when Queen Sheba had visited Hazrat Solomon and had said that we had become Muslims, immediately we had received the message. Here the strange thing is, what could she mean by believing again? The real incident is that Hazrat Solomon knew that it is just her word of mouth. She does not in fact yet know the reality of Islam. There is a difference in expressing faith in Islam and advancing in Islam. So Hazrat Solomon tested her and through that test he gave her a message. He allowed her audience in a room of which the floor was paved with clear, and the onlooker was deceived to think that there is water on the floor. So when the queen entered the room, she pulled her dress up, as naturally one pulls up one's clothes as one is entering water. When she realized that she had made a mistake, and realized that there was a message for her that this apparent reflection has no reality, At its back is another message, and that message is existence of God. Therefore, one should not be deceived with the glitter and brilliance of the creation. When she received this message, it was in fact then that she had believed in the unity of God anew, and believed from the depth of her heart. That is why immediately after the incident, she declared this. The previous verse
1: says
0: When she entered the room, she thought it was clear and shining water. She pulled her dress up till her shanks were bare. At this, Hazrat Solomon said, It is paved with glass, and beyond that it has no reality. It is paved with slabs of glass. Then she prayed, O my Lord, I have wronged my soul. Here the word zulm has two meanings. Firstly, the Holy Quran has declared that injustice and idolatry is one and the same thing. And since Queen Sheba had belonged to an idolatrous people, and it was in fact now that she had learned the true meaning of unity of Allah, therefore the word Zulmat means, before this I was leading a life of idolatry, and now I repented. Secondly, as a formality just to please someone to say that we are with you is also injustice. So she realized that Hazrat Solomon had come to know of my true condition. He knows that still I have to walk the path of submission and to win Allah's pleasure. Therefore the impression that I had previously created on Hazrat Solomon That I had accepted Islam immediately I received his message was my mistake and now I repented. This she has presented her faith in a much better way that now my faith is the same as that of Hazrat Solomon. As there is nothing wanting in the faith of Hazrat Solomon and there is no adulteration. Similarly O God accept my faith in exactly the same way. O God, you who are the creator and supporter of all the worlds. So this prayer is useful for man in certain situations. A man commits many kinds of injustices. Although these days he does not worship idols in the same way as he did in ancient times, or maybe he still does in some remote areas. But as the Holy Quran says, often man makes his self as God, makes his desires as his God. Therefore, on each occasion, when a man unknowingly makes a mistake, he should say such a prayer which is linked with the true repentance of Ashi, and to attain the true reality of Islam. One prayer is of Hazrat Moses, May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which has been taken from chapter 28, Al-Qasas, verse 17. He submits, O oh my Lord, I wronged my soul, so please forgive me. Here the meaning of the word Zulm is not the same as which had passed before. Here the word Zulm refers to such an incident in which, as for instance, Hazrat Moses had innocently become involved. So when an ordinary man uses the word Zulm, its meaning is deeper. That is, at the time he had actually committed a grave sin. But when a prophet or a saint submits humbly before God that I have committed a wrong, then it should not be taken in the same sense. As for instance, the word Zulm was used by Queen Sheba. She was admitting that certainly I was idolatrous, but now I repent from idolatry. The first action which she had done was also an injustice in her sight, and was truly an injustice. But the wrong which Hazrat Moses, peace be upon him, is repenting, refers to the incident when he had seen a man of his people being beaten up by a man of oppressor nation, he went to help him, realizing that this man is being oppressed, and a man of a powerful nation was beating him. Since Hazrat Moses was a strong man, when he hit him with his fist, it landed on some sensitive part, as sometimes it may hit near, which can be fatal. So, according to the statement of the Holy Quran. When Hazrat Moses hit the man with a blow of his fist, his time of death had come, so he breathed his last. And for this reason, Hazrat Moses, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had feared and continued to repent. He supplicated, O my Lord, I wronged my so please forgive me. هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمِ Allah certainly forgave him, and he is most forgiving and ever merciful. After this, Hazrat Moses submitted, O oh my Lord, since you have bestowed favor on me, and has forgiven me, it is my duty to be grateful. I solemnly promise that after today I will never help the guilty. In this there is a message for everyone who prays. When we pray, we often think that such and such a person's prayer has been accepted but ours is not accepted, whereas even in the acceptance of prayer there is a subtle system of justice in operation. Those who know how to be grateful after the acceptance of prayer, and the demands which are placed on after the acceptance of prayer, they know how to fulfill them. Then Allah accepts their prayers more. But it is not necessary that only their prayers should be accepted. At times, despite knowing that whatever sin one is committing, he will commit it again and again, Allah still continues to forgive him. This is connected with his forgiveness, but if you want to understand the secret of acceptance of prayer, that is, the matter which is Allah and his prophets, where Allah shows them special mercy and accepts their prayers much more, it is because he knows that they are not ungrateful and knows that after each of my favour, they will try to repay much more through asking of forgiveness. One cannot do favour to Allah in return for His favour, but by buying more before Him and diving in His favours and by singing His praises one acknowledges in a way His favours. Therefore for such people Allah shows more forgiveness and compared to the ordinary people more of their prayers are accepted. So one can depend on forgiveness but often one cannot depend entirely on forgiveness. And it is necessary to correct one's habits in such a way as a result of which the prayers should be accepted. And the Holy Quran has mentioned this subject in another way with reference to our mutual relations. It says that when someone does wrong to you and oppresses you, then it is your right that you should take your revenge as it is the right of Allah, that he should punish us for our sins. But, whoever forgives with the condition that his forgiving should result into correction and not encourage the crime, then his reward is with Allah. In this, Allah has also mentioned a deep secret of acceptance of prayer when Allah reminded us that you are not permitted to forgive freely if as a result of forgiveness the sin is encouraged then you must not forgive but if it corrects error and as a result of his being grateful because of that forgiveness one reforms his condition then Allah says that forgiveness of such a person deserves reward and certainly his reward is safe with Allah So it is the same thing which is being mentioned here. The same principle is stated in the relations of man. There are deep links between the verses of the Holy Quran. There is a perfect organized system. There are inherent links and there is not a single verse which does not have deep links with other verses. So in this connection you must fully understand the meaning of forgiveness and as a result, whenever you pray for forgiveness you should have this sincere intention that if Allah will forgive me then following the tradition of the prophets I will express gratitude in a way that has been the practice of the pious people of Allah. Now the question arises Why does Allah forgive such people who commit sins repeatedly despite the fact that he forbids us and says that you must not encourage crime? If as a result of your forgiveness one commits crime then you must not forgive. I have given deep thought to this subject and I feel I have been able to resist matter rightly. As far as I have examined Allah shows His forgiveness repeatedly to such sinners in whose hearts certainly a shame does develop. As a result of His forgiveness, crime is not encouraged. They really repent and feel much shame. In private, they weep before Allah and cry and bewail that O Allah forgive us. We made a mistake. We are very sinful. After that, they are overcome again by their weakness. Their matter is certainly not of those to whom you show kindness, and they continue to be emboldened to commit more sins. Such children have been seen in every home. As some mothers spoil them, they become so ill-mannered that they harass the visitors. It becomes a problem to visit homes, Because at each wrong, their mothers encourage them more and say, Don't worry, love. It does not matter. It's all right. This is the subject which the Holy Quran is explaining. That if you have to show forgiveness, forgive such people of noble soul who are rightly influenced. It is not necessary that they should repent immediately, but they should at least incline towards reforming themselves. Since Allah knows the unseen and has his glance on the depths of one's heart, he knows which one of his servants are of pious nature. And being sinful, they have true feeling of shame. Allah forgives them despite knowing that they will commit sins again and again. But eventually they have a pious end. The difference between them and the other people is that those who insist on sin and persist and are emboldened to commit sins shamelessly, they always reach a bad end. But those who repent sincerely or repent continuously, theirs is highest end. So here Allah has said about Hazrat Moses, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that he was a man of delicate nature and I forgave him without any condition. But deep feelings of gratitude developed in his heart. He said, O oh Lord, you have done me a great favor that you have forgiven me. Now, in return, I repent and make a solemn promise that I will never back the guilty. There is another prayer of Hazrat Moses. When the information of this accidental death which was mentioned earlier reached the leaders of the nation they counseled with each other and decided that this man must be punished. The reason was that it was a powerful nation and it was a question of their honor. This was not the debate that the man had died accidentally or it was a premeditated murder. The debate was that If a man of the subjugated people were to show daring against a man of the ruling class, then their whole owe will vanish. For this reason they consulted one another and decided to kill Hazrat Moses. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Then as with fear, Hazrat Moses was secretly leaving the country because a man from among them who was impressed by the honesty of Huzis and told him of their conspiracy and suggested that he should leave at once. So at his suggestion, when Hazrat Moses set out, he said this prayer. O my Lord, deliver me of the wrongdoing people. In this also, there is an interesting point of wisdom, that he has not repented his sin because Allah had already forgiven it. Whoever Allah forgives, only tyrant can have the boldness to attack him. So, Hazrat Moses said, You have forgiven me, but the tyrant of the world are not forgiving me. Therefore, please deliver me of these tyrant people. So, Allah delivered him. The next prayer is also in succession of the same subject. After a few verses, that is in verse 22 of chapter Al-Qasas, is this prayer. And in the verse 5, is this prayer. O my Lord, whatever charity you can put in my lap, I am a beggar for the same. This is a very interesting occasion. Hazrat Moses, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, migrated to the people of Madian, where it is said that Hazrat Shu'ab was the prophet for those people. So both Hazrat Moses and Hazrat Shoaib were of the same period. Hazrat Shu'ab had two daughters and no son. Hazrat Shu'ab's daughters had come to communal watering place to fetch water. And since there were many men at the spring, they felt embarrassed and stood to one side and waited for their turn to fill their vessels. Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, sat in the shade of a wall or a tree and was watching this. Since Hazrat Moses was very strong and well built and had deep kindness in his heart, he went to the girls and took their vessels and finding his way, people filled the vessels with water and handed the vessels back to the girls. He went back and sat in the shade again. Since it was not his habit to spread his hands before anyone and ask help, after doing this favor, he turned to prayer, and it looks that it was as a result of his favor that this prayer rose from his heart. Because if you listen to the subject of this prayer with full attention, you will know that there was a stimulant for this prayer. It was that he did favor to some helpless girls, and then he thought that I am also lying before God helpless and without friends. Why should I not supplicate to God that he should help me? Thus, this prayer is a painful supplication and influences the heart deeply. Once in Britain, some people came to meet me at the end of my speech at a function. One among them was a princess from one country. She heard the verses of the Holy Quran and her heart was much influenced. She said to me that one prayer which you like very much from the whole of the Holy Quran, please write it for me. I will make it my daily routine. So I wrote this very prayer for her and explain to her why I love this prayer. In this prayer, everything has been left to God. Nothing specific has been asked. All that is said is, "O my Lord, I am destitute. You know whatever things I need. What things shall I tell you? Hazrat Promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said the same prayer in a very loving way, thus (inaudible) What shall I mention and what things shall I beg of you? Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, says O Allah, whatever you may put in my lap, I beg of you the same. I will not tell you what I need, nor in fact do I know. I think whatever succession of favours that started later on is a result of this prayer, and its roots are found in this very prayer. Immediately after that, something happened in the home of those girls. Both the girls narrated that incident to their father, that a very pious man, a strong and well-built man, was sitting there, a complete stranger. He neither asked us anything nor begged from us, He helped us and then went and sat in his place again, but looks as though he needs help. At this their father, who was a prophet and had received light from God, sent for Hazrat Moses. After calling him, what did he give him? Firstly, he gave him his protection and said that now you should remember that you are in my protection. You have no fear from any people. Secondly, he gave him home and said, you can live in my home. And thirdly, he said, whichever one of these two daughters you choose, you can marry her. Fourthly, with the thought that Hazrat Moses may feel indebted, Hazrat Shoaib said, you must not feel ashamed. For this, we will make a contract of employment. I will want you to serve me for eight or ten years therefore it is no favor. As a result of this prayer Allah provided these four things to Hazrat Moses then after his marriage because of his stay in the company of Hazrat Shoaib we can say that whatever seeds of piety heart they developed a great deal and later on his return journey he was bestowed prophethood so that is why I love this prayer because it has such wide meaning and one has not defined it with one's own cleverness that give me this and give me that the matter has been left entirely to God that whatever you know that we need please provide us that now there are of Hazrat Lot O oh my, oh my Lord help me against the mischief-mongering people It is also necessary to know the background to this prayer. Whatever ills were found in the people of Lot, it is not necessary to repeat them here. But but Allah says that whenever Hazrat Lot admonished them that you must avoid these ills.
1: Now there is a prayer of Hazrat Lot.
0: O my Lord, help me against the misgiving people. It is also necessary to know the background to this prayer. Whatever ills were found in the people of Lot, you all know them. It is not necessary to repeat them here. But Allah says that whenever Hazrat Lot admonished them that you must avoid these ills, they taunted him that okay whatever punishment your God can descend on us then go ahead and bring that punishment on us that is the path of talk and debates have ended now leave these talks of admonition we have got fed up listening to you we will not stop We have told you thousand times that we will not stop. Now you may go and tell your God that he should send the punishment on us, of which you threaten us. This is the background. In a most detestable way, with arrogance, they have challenged Allah's punishment and have treated Hazrat Lot with much ridicule. But you can see that in answer to it Hazrat Lot has not prayed for punishment but supplicated (laughs) that O Lord even now I only want your help since Allah knew that they had gone beyond correction that is why punishment descended on them but Hazrat Lot did not ask directly the punishment for his people There is a prayer of Hazrat Abraham in chapter 37 as As-Saffat, verse 101 he supplicates the incident prior to it is that when his people tried to inflict on punishment of fire some commentators believe that he was actually put in the fire and that fire turned into a garden Hazrat Muslim Aud, may Allah be pleased with him, describes it in spiritual terms and says that for each prophet a fire of opposition is excited and from that same fire a garden manifests which is given to them as a reward from God in the form of their acceptance and their victory. So the fire which is mentioned connected with Hazrat Abraham is in the language of similitude and one should not take it in the physical sense. However, Hazrat Promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has also written this and said, with a great challenge, that even if it is the physical fire, then we have firm faith that a special decree of Allah had saved Hazrat Ibrahim from that fire. For it to turn into a garden are the stories of the commentators. What the Holy Quran has said is only this, and it is sufficient for us that it was a fire whether it was an obvious fire or not obvious fire that is was fire in the spiritual sense Allah had saved him from that fire and defeated those who were in the fire Hazrat promised Messiah a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him also received a revelation
1: (laughs) the fire is our
0: slave Rather, it is also the slave of our slaves. It is true in the physical sense also. We have seen it again and again, that Allah defeated the repeated effort of the enemy, that they should burn the Ahmadiyya alive in the fire. Recently in Pakistan, two Ahmadi villages were burnt and reduced to ashes. But in an amazing, miraculous way, Allah saved the Ahmadis from that fire. Once the late Maulana Rahmat Ali Sahib, may Allah bless his soul, was working as a missionary in Indonesia and there was extreme opposition. I don't remember the place where he was appointed, but he faced extreme opposition there and he used to hold great debates. Once accidentally, not as a result of someone's mischief, the block of houses where he lived caught fire. The houses there are mostly of wood on one end of which was the house of Hazrat Malvi Rahmat Ali Sahib. And at the same time there was a strong wind and its direction was towards his house. The people assembled there and soon there was a large crowd and people were jumping out of their homes and were trying to rescue their belongings. Ahmadis also came and said to Malvi Sahib that leave this house quickly. The fire is advancing towards you. At that Molvi Sahib prayed, mentioning this revelation of Hazrat promise to Messiah. <inaudible> that fire is our slave, rather it is the slave of our servants. He supplicated, O my Lord, I am in of promise to Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and I have come here to convey the message in his service. Therefore, please make this revelation come true in my favor. Till today, those Indonesians mentioned this incident with great admiration and with deep spiritual ecstasy, that the fire was spreading quickly. We were frightened and trembled as to what was to happen. When the flames reached the point from where his house started, such a sudden downpour and the fire could not reach even the next house and the whole fire was put out. So Allah does fulfill these things physically also. And it is not necessary that each time we should look for the support of spiritual interpretations. He is all-powerful when He wants whatever He wants. He can give command to the universe. The universe is under His power and it does exactly what it is commanded. Therefore this meaning of the line of the poem of Hazrat promised Messiah a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him is proved in any case that the physical fire also will not be able to prevail over the true servants of Hazrat promised Messiah a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So at the time when Hazrat Abraham a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him saw this miracle from Allah he left that place and at the time of migrating He said, I am going to my Allah, and He will guide me. O my Allah, grant me virtuous children. Now what is the link between these two things? We need to look at this closely. Hazrat Ibrahim is saved from fire and is leaving that place, is migrating, and says, Grant me virtuous children. The fact is that Hazrat Ibrahim did not leave those people as long as he was not absolutely sure that here no one will believe. Whatever injustice they had to do, they took it to its very limit and when he saw that all the people including his forefathers were going to be destroyed and nothing was to be saved and therefore he went out alone. At that time he supplicated to God that now please continue my progeny. I am one of your servants who are humble and sincerely bow before you and devote everything to you. If the descendant of the previous people are destroyed then it is their responsibility. I am leaving this nation and migrating for your sake. Please start a pious progeny from me. This meaning is supported by many other verses of the Holy Quran, and even the Bible supports this view. The reason is that as a result of this prayer of Hazrat Ibrahim, a glad tiding has been given, not just of one child, but he was given this glad tiding that I will spread your progeny so much throughout the world, that as the stars in the skies cannot be counted, and the of sand cannot be counted, similarly your progeny will be uncountable. Therefore it looks that Hazrat Ibrahim, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had left his people and his forefathers with such perfect sincerity, he had bid them farewell for good, that then a new world was to be born of him. New generations had to start. For instance, in another place the Holy Quran has called Hazraham on his own as an Ummah, a community. So those who leave their relatives and their groups for the sake of Allah, those who leave their fraternity and live on their own, at times they feel pity for themselves, and I pity them. What foolishness! For what are they feeling pity? You have revived the very tradition of the Prophet. If you have done this for the sake of Allah, then He will make you a nation, and your previous nation will become totally meaningless and worthless. Large groups become smaller, and then they disappear, and can only be found in the pages of history. But in the future, Only the descendants of the pious people continue. This is the tradition of the prophets, but with the highest glory, this tradition was fulfilled in favor of Hazrat Abraham and blessings of Allah be upon him. So the prayer has a glorious background and has great magnificent future. You should pray in this sense. For your children. His Holiness, promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was also called Abraham. For instance, Allah treated Hazrat, promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, not just in the matter of fire, but with separation from his fraternity also. Allah treated him the same way. When his whole fraternity left him, he received the revelation from Allah that O the servant of Ahmad the progeny of your forefathers is cut off now this progeny will start from you it is such a magnificent revelation and it has proved to be true with such great power that eyes dazzle before its light Those unjust and foolish people who say that show us any one sign of Hazrat promised Messiah. If they have any sense of justice, just this thing is enough to prove to them that Hazrat promised to Messiah was true in his claim. Allah used to speak to him and used to manifest signs in his support. As far as I have researched, when Hazrat promised to Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Received this revelation at the time there were around 70 members of the family of his forefathers who lived in Qadian and none of them believed in him. Then one after they continued to die and their progeny ended, the near relations and the distant relations also. There was an old domestic servant of the time of Hazrat Promised to Messiah, May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Baba Samdi. Once he accompanied us to Dilhazi to serve. He was elderly but still there was strength in his body. At times we used to hear old stories from him. He narrated the stories with great pleasure. He told us, that the dwelling which belonged to the opposing relatives of Hazrat Promised Messiah may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him one after the other locks were put on it first that dwelling was filled with widows and then their children began to die and gradually the whole dwelling was left deserted he told us, I think about Mirza Nizam Din Sahib the father of Mirza Gul Muhammad who had grown very weak in his last days. Grief had somewhat affected his mental balance. Baba Samadhi said, I used to massage him. At times he used to say, call such and such a lady and call some other lady. I used to say to him, her apartment is also locked up. Who can I call? That apartment is also locked up and such and such other apartments are also locked up. It is a painful scene, but Allah's glory had manifested this way as a result of their misfortune. Despite receiving a jewel like Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they did not appreciate him and tried to destroy him. So whoever tries to destroy the pious people of Allah It is not necessary that immediately, but often it so happens that Allah so destines that such people should be dead, and then no one can save them. One son of Mirza Nizamdin, whose name was Gul Muhammad, and in his progeny there is Ahmadiyyat till today, and it is the glory of Allah that he was allowed to live because he had to accept Ahmadiyyat. Not a single person was allowed to live who was not to be an Ahmadi. Only he was allowed to live who was to accept Ahmadiyya. At the time, two sons of Hazrat Promised Messiah himself. One was Mirza Sultan Ahmad and the other was Mirza Fazal Ahmad. By that time, neither of the two had believed in Hazrat Promised Messiah. Only he was allowed to live And only his progeny was allowed to continue who was to believe in Hazrat-Promised Messiah, that is, Mirza Sultan Ahmad. And Mirza Fazal Ahmad left the world childless. I have examined in great detail. In each and every incident, a great sign is concealed. One man could have children and wanted to marry, but he suffered such a turn of mind that he had become a faqir and then deprived himself for good of the capacity to produce children hazrat mirza bashir ahmed may allah be pleased with him often used to narrate this incident he used to say one felt pity on his condition it looked he would bang his head against the wall he used to shout what have i done to myself what injustice I happened to do to myself. If only I had the capacity then I would have married and had children. But he was under the decree of Allah. Similarly it had been decreed that the progeny of the forefathers of Hazrat Ibrahim, a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was to be cut off. It looks Hazrat Ibrahim knew and I have a firm faith that Allah had informed Hazrat Ibrahim through revelation That it is decreed that the place you are leaving none shall survive here All generations are going to be destroyed At that time Hazrat Ibrahim prayed al-Habli Oh Allah, grant me progeny, but grant me a pious progeny I don't want unpious progeny only pious progeny should issue from me in the future. Now you see how deep was this prayer that Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was also born in his journey. So it is not a matter of just the word of the prayer. Allah's glance falls on the depth of prayer. From what depth of the heart it has risen. With what feelings it has risen. With what pain it has risen. With what soul of sincerity and steadfastness it has risen. All these things give power to the prayer. And Allah says that kalima a good word, rises to God, but good deeds impart it power. The good deeds pump up and raise that word to God similar is the case of prayers and all these things together that is the feelings of the heart and pious deeds develop an extraordinary power in the prayers and the futures of nations are made with such prayers Mulkan. and grant me empire grant me such a great country that after me it should never be given to anyone you are certainly a great bestower and show most love many of the scholars raise a question here is such a prayer justified that no one after me should be granted such an empire it appears a selfish prayer. People normally pray that continue this blessing among our children also and increase it and advance it and continue to raise its glory. What kind of a prayer Hazrat Solomon has said? Then the prayer was such which later manifested into a curse. For instance, we learn from the history that after Hazrat Solomon there remained neither prophethood in his progeny, nor did the empire continue in the same form. Hazrat Solomon's time was the most magnificent period of the rule of the children of Israel. As Hazrat Solomon died, the revolts started, and the empire was split in two. And his progeny received only the smaller part, but Palestine was a part of it. The same is called Judah. One was the Northern Empire, where ten tribes of Israelites had settled, and the other was the Southern Empire, in which there were two tribes, which included the tribe of Hazrat Solomon. So his son retained rule only on the part which included these two tribes. The other ten tribes were those about whom later Hazrat Jesus, peace be on him, said that I am going to look for the lost sheep of Bani Israel. Here, the main subject is of prayer, but at the same time I am trying to explain these things to you because in our Jamaat's phraseology, you find much mention of the lost sheep of Israel. What were they and how they came to be? The ten tribes which were in the north, a separate empire was established and it is to them that Hazrat Jesus is referring. They were called Lost Tribes because after 600 years' rule, that is, when Bani Israel had their own rule, then exactly after 600 years, the Babylonians had attacked them, and most of the Kurds of today are linked at Babylonian region. At the time, there was a great empire of the Babylonians, and they had utterly destroyed them and exiled them, and they were scattered throughout the world. According to some reports, they did punish them severely, but did not exile them completely. But when, after 100 years, they were attacked from the southern Iraq, it was then that they were completely exiled. But in any case, some years later, before Hazrat Jesus, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they had been scattered in the world, and they had no trace there. The gap between Hazrat Moses and Hazrat Jesus, peace be on both, is 1300 years. Ahmadis should specially remember this. Hazrat Jesus had appeared 600 years after the scattering of the lost sheep. It is necessary to remember this because Hazrat promised Messiah alayhi The Messiah of the Ummah of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu wa wasallam had also appeared 1300 years later. When people talk of resemblance of Messiah, then you can measure the separation of the time with a tape measure. It is exactly the same. As before Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, twelve reformers had passed since the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Similarly, twelve reformers had passed in the Ummah of Moses before Hazrat Jesus, peace be on both. Anyway, a part of these people had scattered at the time. What we have to see is, did Hazrat Solomon curse his own children and his people? About this, the Holy Quran is indicating in the previous verse as to what was the true story. The previous verse
1: is
0: that we put Hazrat Solomon through trial, and we put a corpse on his throne. As a result of this, he bowed to God repeatedly and asked Allah's forgiveness and repented. The most sorrowful thing is that many of the non-Ahmadi commentators give this interpretation that Hazrat Solomon committed a sin and God forbid he let a woman go to bed with him. These are the most ignored interpretations and seeing these interpretations One's heart prays for Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him repeatedly, that how he has brought us out of darkness into light. If this was the case, then what need there was to suddenly curse his people? If God forbid he had committed a sin, then did he have to make his children and his people to suffer for it? That he was to say this prayer that yes, I have made a mistake, therefore punish for it my children and my progeny and punish the whole Bani Israel for it and annihilate them after me. It is certainly not the case. When Allah had given him the news that your children are not worthy to inherit your throne, your children will be unfit, at that time he said, O God, I am a prophet. And have been ruling at the same time as I was a prophet. And with full justice and righteousness, I have been doing my due ruling as it ought to have been done. If all these people were given in the charge of an unfit man, then he will do great injustice. He is certainly not worthy that such a great empire should be passed over to him. Therefore, as a result of this prayer, which was based on Taqwa, righteousness, Allah did not let that empire continue in the same way. This was the last empire in which prophethood and temporal rule was linked together. Therefore, never, God forbid, the prophets have a habit to curse, nor do they say such ignorant prayers, which amount to committing suicide. This prayer is based on Taqwa, understanding this fact that if a man in whose hand is the reign of the empire is unpious in the sight of God, then Allah should not give the empire in his charge because the man will suffer harm. Since it is getting late and they have also to give its translation, I will stop here. But we'll inshallah pick up this subject again in the next sermon from where I have left today. <laughs>
1: ومن من سيئات اعمالنا الله فلا له فلا عبد الرسول ابا ارحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاسانه ويتاذ القربا وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يَعِذَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ يَذْكُرْكُمْ وَذُوهَ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُوا اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ